You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. Tonight, we're live with another amazing guest on the show. Tonight, we have a Guardian who is no stranger to the world of Destiny 2. He is a content creator in the world of Destiny 2. He is also on Twitch, partnered, and the member of the Voltic HQ and Team Synergy Group, and also the Encore Destiny Team. He is the awesome Mr. Patty Cakes. Thank you so, so much for joining us tonight on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. You also hit a really interesting milestone just recently. 100,000 Guardians Strong on YouTube. Congratulations. Thanks. It's yeah, been it's congrats, uh, man. pretty wild, right? It was funny. I was uh, just thinking about that. It it was about the same amount of time because I started my YouTube a little after I started um, Twitch, like just taking it more seriously anyway. And I realized it took about two and a half years for Twitch partner as well as 100K on YouTube, which I just thought that was kind of interesting. It's like people always talk about you. Know, it just takes a while to build that kind of stuff up. So that's pretty cool. Oh, and you're creating some really awesome content. Keeping the Guardians informed about all things Destiny 2. And we're going to put you on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the Guardians. We're going to dive into the latest news about the Destiny Content Vault. We're going to talk about what's going to be going into the vault this coming uh, February with the newest expansion 
that will be coming to Destiny 2. We're also going to talk about the latest news from Bungie, and we're going to put Patty Cakes on the hot seat for our discussion with the Guardians. So, Patty Cakes, I hope you're ready. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm excited. All right. So, the first question we have for you. How'd you get started in Destiny? Um, well, I've been, you know, FPS player for a long time now. <laughs> I'm definitely uh, you know, been a fan for many, many years. I used to play like Counter-Strike and Halo and Perfect Dark and GoldenEye and all the old classic FPS games. And uh, one of my friends who I used to play Halo with told me about this new game by Bungie coming out called Destiny. And I, when I first saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, this looks like the coolest game ever. And I kind of actually forgot about it for a while, though, because that was like really, really early before, you know, before much was available other than just kind of the concepts about it. And um, then all of a sudden, like I heard word about the beta coming out for it. And I was like uh, so excited because I kind of had forgotten about it. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, this game's finally available. So unfortunately, I was out of town when the beta came out. But the very first week of Destiny 1, when it came out, I was just instantly hooked. And I've played, I don't even know, probably 10,000 hours ever since uh, across the two games, something like that. So uh, I've been a long time player, very uh, big fan of Destiny. That's really awesome. And it's really cool that you're also part of the beta group because we also are no strangers to that. And uh, it's it's really cool to be part of a journey in a video game for such a long time. It's been like seven plus years now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about how long Destiny has been around. I mean, for me, it only really turned into like a quote unquote job in the last like two to three years but like i was just a player and a fan for the majority of the lifespan of the game so it's been really cool to out you know through doing it content creation like getting to know a lot of people i used to just follow um you are now friends of mine but it's you know it's been a really cool community to be part of yeah no absolutely and before the show we we touched briefly on the other part of your career that you were uh, engaging with, and that's marketing. So tell us about that journey and how you switched from being a marketing person to being a content creator. Yeah, sure. Um, so I actually, oddly enough, went to school for engineering. That was my major in college, and I lasted about... Uh, two or three years in the real world <laughs> i was like i, just, <laughs> I lasted just to do this years. anymore so uh, i was oh, in cubicle man. land with all the other corporate engineers and it was i mean you know it just wasn't for me so See, I, like, when i think about being an engineer i would think about being in a lab but not being in a cubicle you know that's what i had in mind when i went to school for it turns out you basically just become a excel wizard and just spend a lot of time making spreadsheets that was spreadsheets and drawings of engineering diagrams was pretty much my life but um you know it was, it's a good career I just I, it wasn't early for me so I got into all these I, you're probably familiar with like the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss and all these different never heard of it yeah, I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> right it's like the bible for anyone who's self-employed um but you know it's I just got into all these different educators um teaching people how to like start your own business and kind of you know get out of the traditional workforce and do your own thing and so I didn't really have like a solid business idea that I wanted to do, but I was really nerdy and I got into, um, you know, all these different software things that, that business owners needed, like 
um, all these different tools that help you with like setting up, you know, email automation. So when someone comes to your website, you can, you know, get their email address and like follow up with them. And there's all these cool software things behind the scenes that these business owners need to use because it's so powerful, but a lot of them don't understand how that tech works. And so I kind of saw that as an opportunity. I can just learn this stuff and then, you know, kind of do some consulting and it turned into a whole agency, uh, which was really cool. But, um, you know, like many things, I, I kind of got burnt out on it after a while. I put a lot of good years into it, but I wanted to kind of take a break. And in the meantime, I had been a, a big gamer just playing so much Destiny and, you know, other games like Battlefield and whatnot. And uh, a few of my friends used to, I used to play Destiny with, they always wanted to watch me play PvP because we'd play together. And I usually, you know, I was a pretty decent player, so I'd get like high scores and stuff. And they're always like, oh, we want to watch, watch you play. <laughs> and so... Uh, they talked me into streaming and that, you know, one thing turned into another and I never really planned to be a content creator, but, uh, you know, my stream started doing pretty well right off the bat, just cause I had a lot of people interested in watching. And then that got me into YouTube cause I wanted to grow the streams even more. And then YouTube really now is, I guess, more of my main thing. I, I focus, I would say 90% YouTube, 10% Twitch lately. So, uh, that's kind of where we're at. I think it's, uh, really awesome that you got your start with the four hour work week because we kind of had very similar journeys because you know actually tim i i met tim at a conference before he even had the podcast it was probably when the four hour work week just came out so like many 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 years ago yeah and i attended this workshop and tim did a speech and he did. I forgot exactly what it was about, but it was about like building a lifestyle where you can just do anything. And I was so interested in that. And I got that book that same day. I, I bought the four hour work week and I started reading it. And you know how like sometimes you go down a rabbit hole and I went down a rabbit hole and like one thing led to another where I wanted to learn more about marketing because I saw some of the things that he was doing and some of the things that the uh my friend neil who was running the conference that he was doing and it got me very interested in learning more like seeing that a product was launched for 1.5 million dollars within like a day or two that got me really excited to learn more and here we are all these years later and it's funny how you mentioned how you were part of the marketing agency life, because that's kind of where I am at now. Um, so I think it's really interesting how our journeys are similar in that respect. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, a lot of my friends who were into, you know, business, being self-employed, starting different you know, marketing companies and all that. So many people are into content creation now. It seems like there's a a lot of people who were interested in one are interested in both. So I think they kind of go hand in hand too. It's like to be a good business person, you need to really understand marketing and, you know, creating interesting things that attract people and, you know, kind of the same deal for being a content creator. So it's pretty interesting seeing those two worlds collide a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what do you, what's your typical day like today? Oh, do boy. you just create content? <laughs> do you still run your agency? 
what does your day look like? Um, so yeah, lately I am like full-time content. I still have some income from my agency just from like passive things, but um, for the most part, it is just content creation. So uh, yeah, I wake up whenever, like I usually am more of a night owl. I kind of stay up working on projects and playing games and stuff on into the late hours of the night. So I wake up a little later, like maybe nine or 10 in the morning and then uh, kind of get going. Usually uh, you know, trying to figure out what my, Next videos are going to be uh, going over scripts, um, you know, potentially editing a video if there's one to be edited or um, yeah, I used to stream a lot more, but lately I'm closer to like once a week I'll stream and I'll kind of focus on videos more of the time. You mentioned that, you know, being a content creator goes hand in hand with being a marketing person. And I'm curious, mm-hmm. why did you decide to become a content creator what got you into that area of creation and business well for me it really was a combination of things so i was getting a little burnt out with the agency world because i'm sure as you know sometimes clients are not the easiest to deal with and <laughs> we are dealing with some particularly frustrating ones so i just kind of wanted a break from it after one of our um our last like you know big engagements was over and um, I didn't really intend to get into content, but I was just kind of, uh, like I said, a friend of mine or a few friends of mine really encouraged me to start streaming. And I, I, w- I never really planned to do it as a job or anything, but I started doing it and making a little money here and there. And I got like the affiliate really fast. And then um, I, it just started kind of turning into something. And then I started taking it a little bit more seriously. I would listen to educators who would you know, teach you how to grow your stream and grow YouTube and everything. And I just got like enthralled with the whole world of content creation and, you know, studying things. And it's it's really addictive because you can learn something new and apply it like right away. Sometimes with business, it um, it's a little frustrating because like you might learn something, but it's like really hard to actually implement it. But with a lot of content things, like if you learn a new video editing technique, you can usually apply it like on your next video. Or if you learn how to set up some cool streaming widget or something, you can do it right then. So I really like things that give me immediate feedback like that. And so content was just right up my alley. (laughs) I I could learn something new and apply it immediately. And, you know, it's like each time um, I knew I knew I wasn't going to make the best videos ever right away, but I just focused on kind of, you know, learning as fast as I could and trying to apply each new thing I learned. My motto has always been just trying to make each video 1% better than the last one. And I think over time you become a lot more skilled at it. I love that. And actually, it's interesting you mentioned the 1% because that's uh, a technique that James Clear talks about in his book, Atomic Habits. If you focus your energy on being 1% better every day at whatever you're doing, within 100 days, you're 100% better technically, mm-hmm. right? So like, that's all you need to really strive for to really achieve the level of success that you want to achieve. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people start out with, um, I don't know, they see this goal if they want to be the next like Glad or Imtash or something, which is like a great goal to have. But it's also, you know, those guys have put in so many years of effort into getting to where they are. And, uh, you know, realistically, when you start out with content, you're going to probably be really bad at it. (laughs) But the thing is, that's okay because everyone starts out 
being pretty bad unless you have a background with like media like ascendant nomad is cheating because he has a background in tv production and <laughs> so he's like so polished out of the gate i feel like it's not fair but uh he's he's a good friend of mine uh but he's one of the one of the few exceptions where i feel like his stuff's pretty pretty amazing um without you know doing like gaming content for a long time but you know for most people you start out somewhere and it's like you just you know you gotta realize your first several videos are not going to be that good or your first you know many streams are going to be really bad and over time as you get more comfortable with it you start learning more you know you're just going to get better at it as long as you have a like a learning attitude where you want to keep learning and trying to implement things that you learn and you know if you really stick with it eventually you'll probably get pretty good and now in terms of destiny what do you what do you like to play what, what do you play the most in destiny these days um, so I've always been pretty pulled to the PvP side of the game. Like I, I do everything. I do raids and, you know, I'll grind for all the new stuff. But for the most part, I really get attracted to PvP. It's like the thing that has always hooked me on Destiny. And probably mostly because I came from playing games like Counter-Strike and Halo and all these other, um, you know, competitive FPS type games. So uh, the PvP is always called, me, called for me. Uh, I do play, you know, like the, when the new raid will come out, like I'll grind up with everyone else and try to like um, usually do like a day one clear and all that kind of stuff. But definitely PvP is my my main thing. Very cool. Yeah, I know Shadow Price is a PvP guy mostly, but I'm a PvE mostly. Um, and we've definitely had our share of changes coming to PvP with trials and with Battle Eye launching and i guess i'm curious what are your thoughts on the current state of the crucible today i think overall it's doing pretty good there's still some a lot of changes i'd like to see made here and there but i feel like the weapon meta is probably the best it's maybe ever been like it's everything is pretty well defined now where i feel like there's there's not a, like a, a one you know specific thing that's like the hardcore meta that you have to use this or else you're throwing like there's a lot of diversity with it right now i feel like you can perform pretty well with a wide variety of weapons which is really cool uh subclasses i think are overall fairly balanced there's definitely some outliers here and there i think you know the shatter diving hunters <laughs> could use some adjustment but uh overall i think that they're in a pretty good spot with it. And I think the trials rework is really good too. Like it, it definitely helps bring a lot of interest in it. I still think they have some room to work on that, but it seems like every week they're committed to putting in a lot of work to make it, you know, the best experience possible, which I really appreciate that they didn't just kind of make, you know, make it a one-time overhaul and then just leave it. Like, I think it's cool that they're committing to adjusting it over time. I think the big thing that they're missing right now is some sort of a true competitive ladder like i would love to see them implement something like you know, apex legends for example has like their grind to like the highest rank and you know same with all the old halo games and in a uh, counter-strike you have like global elite and valor true you know? ranking system yeah it's like it yeah exactly yeah. it's like that's that's what we need i think is i, I just think it would help it help a lot of the players who want to be competitive with it but don't really have an outlet to do that right now there's basically scrims and tournaments, which are all external organized things. It would be cool if there was some built into the game true ranking system that, you know, it it has to have some 
rewards tied to it so people actually want to play but i think that they could mostly go with more cosmetic things so that i think where they went wrong with season three was they made the redrick's claymore like one of the strongest guns and so people there's a lot of fomo for people who couldn't get that gun and i think that that's when you've something like destiny where there's in-game items that are just more powerful than other ones you have to be a little careful with that so i like to see them do the same idea but make it uh more based on cosmetics and things that don't actually give you an advantage but they're just really desirable that's a really interesting perspective because um i think that i agree i think that there has been some problems with how the game has been balanced and where one weapon becomes dominant but the only way to get that weapon is to pretty much play the pinnacle crucible activity right which becomes a challenge and that's why you know a lot of people ended up um trying to go and get the uh what's that weapon called luna's howl and uh not forgotten not forgotten yeah and that's why carries and recups have become so popular and so just out there because of those weapons and mountaintop and recluse and yeah. when the crown of sorrow came out guess what the meta weapon to use was mountaintop and recluse and if you <laughs> didn't have either of those weapons you didn't have the optimal dps until people figured out other strats which that's mm-hmm. the one thing that i actually really appreciate about the current state of destiny where Back when Destiny 1 first launched, it was either like Gallarhorn or nothing. Now, <laughs> you have some options, right? If you had Anarchy, that was a you know reasonable option. Well, I say reasonable option. Um, yeah, probably you know, very reasonable. <laughs> pretty pretty reasonable option, right? It was, it was reasonable, <laughs> you know, it did a reasonable yeah. amount of damage. Not, nothing too crazy. But... Uh, you know, but I like from one season to another how Bungie is giving us a reason to experiment with other weapons by modifying the perks, which I think that's really, really interesting how they're doing it currently, how you have um, particle deconstruction being the current theme, the current mod that's kind of the go-to next season we're going to have something different right but it gives different weapons a chance to shine because i would not be using a weapon like uh 1k i just didn't really have a reason to use it yeah i think it's cool how they're rotating those to like kind of give each thing time to shine like last season was pretty much all about grenade launchers and this one's or fusion rifles. I'd still like to see, I don't know, like snipers or something in the future. It'd be cool if they keep kind of rotating it so different things are like powerful. I think that's a cool way to kind of keep the game fresh um, without, you know, and there's also, I think the key is making sure that there's enough diversity that, like right now, if you don't have 1K, you can still use regular fusions. You can use LFRs. Like there's, there's a lot of other things that work well as, you know, too. So I think that's one important thing is to make sure that it's not like, if you don't have this gun, you can't, you know, be competitive to help people out in raids or whatever. Yeah, and, and our, our good friend Remy from Guardian One, he had a really interesting thought. 
He said that I wish there was a PvP mode that required a specific set of armor and weapons that were available to everyone so that randomness to gear was taken out. I agree. I agree. I think oh, that sometimes yeah. having a set of things you can acquire once you reach that pinnacle status, maybe if they create a currency, for example, for completing pinnacle activity A, and after you acquire so many of those tokens, you can go to whatever vendor and then purchase a specific set that's exclusive to you. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Even if even if it's just, you know, a cosmetic thing, I feel like that would still be worthwhile. And that's kind of missing right now. And I think that Bungie tried to replace this element with um, the seals. But it kind of worked because like the gilding to me is a little bit confusing and like it just seems <laughs> like if I already if I already masterworked it, if I already went through the work of getting that seal, I shouldn't have to prove myself again the next season. It's just like it, it seems like sloppy design, right? And they need to go back to the drawing board and figure out a better system to implement these features. Because Right now, I think the end game is where the game is kind of suffering because you have all of these raids that are available, but there's kind of a very limited reason to play these raids because you're not leveling up. You're not getting anything above a powerful Mm -hmm. tier from the raids, even though you're playing raids. And they could be repurposing that content. And they are working towards that, I feel like. They so, didn't mention back in back in August that the in the future they will be rotating raids on a on a rotation basis. Yeah, I've had a specific idea that I think would be really cool for them. Because so, okay, if you're a fairly hardcore player and you're like doing all your pinnacles and everything, it only takes a few weeks to get essentially to the maximum power level. Like for like for me this season Speak for yourself. <laughs> I mean, like if okay, so if you're doing all of the pinnacles and, and you're doing them in a in a intelligent order where it's like you're optimizing your um, drops, like you can get to max power level in like just a few weeks. But the thing is, after that, then it's like, what's the point? Like for me now, there's essentially no reason to do any pinnacles. But I think it'd be really cool if, with all the old raids, they would rotate where every week there was a different raid that gave you like multiple drops. So for example, I still would like to get some rolls of like the last wish weapons I never got. I'd like to get some of the garden weapons I never got. Um, same for DSC, but it's like, I'm not going to go sit there and just like grind them out. Cause I don't care that much. But if there was like a weekly thing where maybe you got like triple drops from every boss or something, and it wouldn't necessarily be powerful or pinnacle or whatever, it'd just be like the weapons or the, or the armor then it's like I would be personally so much more incentivized to go run those old ones and just maybe rotate each week because, hey, maybe that's like a chance to finally get... Like, for example, there's the Transfiguration um, Sky Rifle from The Last Wish, which can get, I think, Kill Clip and Rampage together. So it's like one of the few Sky Rifles, or I think the only Sky Rifle (laughs) that can T-tap like that. And I would like love to have that role, but just I'm not going to go grind Last Wish every week, you know, with like such a small chance to get it. And if they're not going to implement... Um, the token system, which doesn't seem like they, they would really do that for old content. I would love to have some incentive like that to go back and run it occasionally because maybe I get extra drops. Well, and I, I think 
I kind of disagree with you slightly here because I think they are going to implement a token system to the old raids, but it seems to me like they're going to add them on a rotation, right? So when a raid is going to come back from the Destiny content vault, it will be in a pool of different raids that will rotate from week to week, from my understanding. And if they implement that, then every raid needs to have a token system because if the latest one has one, the previous ones are going to have to have one, right? Yeah, I would expect that they would do that for new ones coming back. I'm just talking about for the ones that are existing now that just no yeah. one really does anymore. Like, I, when's the last time you've run? I mean, maybe, maybe it's a bad question. Maybe you've run them recently. But for me, I haven't run any of the old raids for months, like many months. So that would give me a reason to go actually do them without without them changing anything. All they would have to do is give, you know, additional drops and I'd probably go run them. I missed the Leviathan raid. I want the Leviathan raid to come back. Yeah, I imagine we'll at some point. Have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's all the like, cool weapons that could be come back, be repurposed for what, you know, the weapon 2.0 or 3.0 or whatever version we're on now but like midnight coup for example i'd love to get an upgraded midnight coup with like new perks and stuff that was always a, a that, good that would be pretty cool yeah so patty cakes what do you do when you're not playing video games and creating content <laughs> well that's the majority of my life right now <laughs> to be honest i spent a lot of time between uh i have multiple channels now too i have a battlefield channel and a destiny channel so between both of those it eats up a lot of time um but i do you know i try to get outside go for walks and stuff like that and uh, i play guitar which i play so infrequently lately but that's been one of my other big hobbies for many many years now but honestly i don't have that much time to play just so i'm trying to kind of build up everything over here yeah that's really interesting battlefield are you are you a pretty big Battlefield fan? No, I mean, I've been playing the majority of them since Battlefield 2 was really the first one that I got hooked on. And uh, I've, I haven't played everyone, but I've played the majority of them throughout the years. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the new one, 2042. I've been playing the beta a little bit this week that just came out. So it's been a lot of fun. Oh, I didn't know the beta came out. That's cool. Is yeah. it open beta? two days were for pre-orders and ea play and then the next two days starting tomorrow are for um open so anyone can play well oh man i'm conflicted because tomorrow i'm gonna be busy with another game shadow price knows what game that is uh we're gonna be playing metroid metroid oh, dread man. is coming out tomorrow and i should be getting my copy of the game tomorrow unless anything gets delayed i got mine today but uh yeah i'm not that lucky today. i'm not that lucky you're kind of lucky though okay tell us why tell that, us why well i get it today which you know that's cool we'll get it a day early you know so that's awesome so somebody you know broke street date to get it to me today so i appreciate that um but uh don't tell nintendo when i open okay. it up the box has has like a, a dent in the corner, a crease. Get a little like dent. The, get a little dent. Yeah, I mean, a little dent. And this is like the special edition, you know. So yeah, I mean, it's the, the ninety dollar special edition. So that that kind of grinded. That kind of grinded my gears a little bit, you know. It's like so because like what if I wanted to just 
keep this sealed. Like the item had already depreciated because of that, that dent in the corner of it. Um, so I'm just like, man, I'm really kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here. So I was on the phone with Best Buy like at different times today trying to figure out, you know, if there was anything they could do for me, if I could maybe go into the store tomorrow and exchange it. I know they, they have no stock of it left because it's a, you know, kind of a, you know, hot ticket item right now. So I kind of, you know, the best they could do for me was 10% off. So, I mean, I I took the 10% because 10% is better than 0%, right? I mean, so I'm probably going to go to the store tomorrow to see if I can, if you know, if I get lucky and if they have them in stock since tomorrow is the release date for it and everything. And then, you know, they'll see that, well, yeah, they sent it to me early. I mean, that's on them, though. But I just want to get one that's in pristine condition because, I mean, if I do want to keep it sealed... You know, because I have a number of things. I'm a collector, so I have a bunch of things that are sealed. And I kind of want to keep it in, you know, good good condition. So I, I get that. Now, are you planning on opening that collector's edition? Because you mentioned the keeping it sealed. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, that's how, are you play, how are you going to play the game then? Are you, I don't are you know gonna, yet. Are you buying two copies of the collector's edition or what are you doing? I, I'm trying to go to a GameStop tomorrow to see if okay. I can. Yeah, probably secure try to secure in a one that I can one that I can open and one that I can have sealed. Yeah. I'm curious, Batty Cakes, are you a Nintendo fan and are you a Metroid fan? Uh yeah, I mean I've been Nintendo is my first console I ever owned a SNES back in the day. <laughs> and uh I do like Metroid. I have not played all of them, but I've played a decent number of them over the years. Uh I have a Switch, but to be honest, I just have so little time for games outside of the ones that I cover that um, I just realistically don't have a lot of time to play those. But I am interested to kind of watch some reviews and maybe some people stream it and stuff and see what people think. And hey, speaking of the Switch, we have another console that's being released by Nintendo tomorrow. It's hard to believe lots of things coming out tomorrow. We have a new Switch OLED model coming out little bit of controversy with that console. Are you planning to get one? Um, I'm getting one. To see Nintendo go the completely other way for once instead of making it more like the gimmicky stuff. Because I've always liked Nintendo things. I think they make good good products. But like, I would love to just for once see them go like, the, you know, make like a super um, high end system that can run like Zelda in like insane graphics. <laughs> I would love to play a Zelda that looks like it was, you know, very like uh high fidelity i think that'd be so cool I, I think they had every intention of upgrading the system like this year but the the chip shortage yeah and covid really threw a wrench in their monkey wrench in their plans because just think about it for a second and, I, and i've gone back and forth and you know talked to uh to cornholio about this but just just think about it for a second like they had the OLED, they had the OLED um, displays ever since 2020. Like the story broke that they were looking into OLED technology for the next system, and there was a lot of other you know reports out there saying that it was you know going to use 4K DLSS uh, technology, and you know just so happens Nvidia is the one who they have a partnership with who do does the internals for the system, the chips. Mm -hmm. um, so, 
I think what happened was they had they had the screens, you know, and, and Bloomberg reported on this. They knew about the screen. They knew it was going to have a better kickstand. They knew it was going to have an Ethernet port, the, the new dock. You know, so it's like they got all that right. The only thing they got wrong was because Nintendo pivoted. They had no choice. They had to they once they realized they weren't going to have, you know, the chips due to the, the semiconductor shortage that they, they realized that they couldn't they couldn't do it. But they're like, man, we want to sell people something, you know, so it's like, well, let's take all the displays we have. Let's take that new dock we have and let's just do this this year. And then maybe next year, hopefully we'll have the chips either next year or be 2023 to sell them a better switch or the next thing, basically. Um, and that's why I still think we haven't seen Metroid Prime 4, because if you look at it, that is a quadruple A effort. What all this all, people they pulled in from that, the, the game, different game studios, Naughty Dog. Um, I've seen people from over at EA like Dice. I've seen people who from 2K, um, people from former uh, Infinity Ward, I believe, and things like that. They have all these first person shooter like developers like that are working on Metroid Prime 4 right now. That game is going like and that's why I think we haven't seen it yet. Also, because it restarted development too in 2019. So it's I think they're waiting to show that until like maybe next year when we see her hear about the the next thing. I think you're right. I mean, and I think just because they are coming out with Metroid Dread, they're not going to show you Metroid Prime 4. Exactly. Even that would cannibalize the ready, sales. Even if it's ready, even if it's close to being ready, if they're releasing something else before that, that would cannibalize it's going to cannibalize it. So they're not going to do that. And that's why Nintendo also denied the, the, their 4k development kits and things like that. Of course, these developers have the kits. Why? A lot of things have come out. Like when Nintendo changed, like look at some of the developers who like were vocal about when's Nintendo going to announce this. If they don't announce this, they're going to be left behind. Like the 3ds was or something, you know, you have all these developers speaking vocally about it. It's because they have there a lot of them have the kits already because Nintendo because when you make it a new system, the kits go out early. Why do you think they told developers to get their games 4K ready? They had every intention of doing it. But the chip shortage and COVID and things like that threw a monkey wrench in their plans. So. No, definitely. It's it's going to be interesting to see what they do next year. I think, you know, we, we pretty much have an idea of what's coming this year with Nintendo. I'm excited to play. Hey, we're getting Nintendo 64 games, you know, finally we are in the system. So you're going to have cool. to pay more, but you're getting them. <laughs> yep. Now, I'm curious with all of this discussion about Nintendo patty cakes. What is your favorite Nintendo game of all time? Hmm. My first instinct, I mean, so I, I guess there's a couple of different ways I'll go. I like if I'm talking about just pure Nintendo created things, probably like Zelda Ocarina of Time. I really love that game. Yeah, it's a great it's game. A, a classic. Uh, if I'm if I'm going non like Nintendo first party and just on a Nintendo product, Perfect Dark was like 
one of my favorites. I love. I still got to play that game. I hear good things about Perfect uh, Dark. I mean, it's, it's quite dated, but back then it was like the premier FPS console shooter. It was so good. So, yeah. Well, you're going to be, if you own a Switch, you're going to be able to play Ocarina of Time sometime later this month when they drop the N64 games on there. Yeah. That's so, pretty cool. That's pretty exciting. My roommate in college used to literally replay the whole game every semester. <laughs> he was like, I, I like I haven't actually played it myself for a long time, but I used to watch him play it and live vicariously through him as he completed it every few months. Yeah. Oh, Remy, you're saying Blaster Master. Yeah, I I enjoy playing that game. That was a fun game like that had a very like interesting, um, you know, gameplay loop to it. You know, you had a you're driving around in like the vehicle and then it would have the levels where you like it would be go to a switch to a top down view kind of like how legend of zelda was and things like that so that was a really cool game for its time oh, yeah, yeah I, would, I would say for top me tier. my favorite my favorite nintendo game would probably be super mario world followed by zelda breath of the wild because i kind of missed both on the other Zelda games. Like I haven't played Ocarina of Time yet. I have it. I have it on my 3DS, but I'm kind of waiting for them to release it on the Switch. Hey, and not this, the version that you're talking about. I know, I know you're gonna say that. It's not the same. I'm waiting for a true remake of Zelda Breath. Oh, you're gonna be waiting of, for of probably. Ocarina of Time. You might you might have to wait for the 25th anniversary for that. But you know what? The 25th anniversary is in 2023, so maybe just have to wait two more years yeah there you go two more years and i will be able to play that and of course we have zelda breath of the wild 2 the long-awaited sequel that will be coming hopefully next year that's going to be exciting to play that so lots of things on the pipeline from nintendo but not only nintendo but we also have lots of things in the pipeline from bungie lots of changes that are coming and we're going to talk about those changes because we have more stuff that was announced from the great community managers from Bungie about the future and some of the content that will be getting vaulted this coming February. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all impacts the game and to see what everybody thinks about this because I feel like these changes finally solidified destiny as an action mmo where things change and even our favorite expansion well my favorite expansion forsaken will be vaulted which is interesting but we're going to talk about that but before we do get a few more questions for patty cakes and and patty cakes next question we have for you is what is your favorite console to game on are you a pc guy are yeah. you an xbox guy uh i pretty much exclusively play pc these days i mean i i started on xbox for destiny one and then i actually played ps4 as well but these days i pretty much just play pc most of my friends play pc and I got like re-addicted to mouse and keyboard where I love doing like aim training and I'm just a fanatic when it comes to learning how to improve my aiming with a mouse. <laughs> so definitely a PC for me. 
Man, I'm still trying to figure out how to do keyboard and mouse. And I've been trying to figure this out since Destiny 2 came out on PC. We'll I feel see. Like I tried a number of times, like, and it's just, I get discouraged because I'm like, man, I can't get my fingers to do what I want them to do. No, pro- <laughs> no problem with the, the mouse. But yeah, is, is it more the keyboard you have trouble with? I've heard that a lot yeah. where people struggle with the keyboard side of it. Yeah, it's the keyboard. Interesting. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like for most people, there's kind of a curve where it's like, at first, people find the keyboard to be harder, um, but then once you get comfortable with the keyboard, it's it's really just a matter of like learning which fingers press which keys and you know how how to move in the game. But after a while, I feel like the then it shifts back to getting better with a mouse and like um, it's easy in principle to use a mouse. Because you just like, you know, move it until you click on the thing you want to click on. But like actually developing uh, the mouse control to be efficient with your aim is like an insane skill curve. Like the the difference between the average mouse and keyboard player versus the top aimers is unbelievable. Like I'm in a lot of faming communities with like some of the, you know, the best mouse aimers in the world. And man, it is so humbling. Like I feel like I have decent aim from doing it for so many years and actively working on it but the difference between where i am and where the top people are is just it's it's crazy it's like a i don't know like a five-year-old playing basketball versus an nba player (laughs) (laughs) it's different it's definitely different and it looks like it's easier to do than it actually is when you actually try to move around and jumping and everything just having to jump with my uh space bar key like it's just so many things are just so different from using a controller and even just going from a nintendo switch controller and switching to a playstation controller or an xbox controller that too is kind of a mindfuck i feel like it just it's confusing sometimes yeah, it's takes some adapting. I bet you guys though, if you both spent like let's say two months on it and you forced yourself to just practice with it and not not use a controller, I bet you get pretty good at the keyboard side pretty fast. Like that's just it's just literally repetition of just you know spending enough time to force your brain to make the connections of which keys are pressed by which fingers and what that corresponds to in the game. See, I can't get Shadow Price to like play trials on pc even if i'm on pc even if i'm on pc and he's on console he's gonna be like if you're on if you're on pc don't bother i'm not doing it (laughs) like what bro come on gg (laughs) i I got to six wins twice just matchmaking on uh playstation uh ps5 um you did yeah all by yourself well yeah (laughs) i shouldn't say all by yourself just me in two so, randos, just matchmaking. So I really like the change. And I, man, if I go flawless just through matchmaking, like that's going to be pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> now, speaking of trials, the last couple of weeks have been pretty eventful with trials. A lot of things broke about trials. A lot of changes are coming. A lot of things are happening. And Patty Cakes, as a Crucible player, what do you think about the changes that are coming to Trials of Osiris? Do you think that it's enough? Do you think that 
it's going in the direction that is making the game better. Are you talking about the like all the things that have recently been implemented? Yeah, or? like like, for example, the the different ladder where if you already went flawless, you're now matched up against right. only flawless players. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's this is really tough. And I think actually shout out to Cami Cakes. I feel like he's um, brought up a really important point. And I've talked about this in a few of my videos, too, where. I've always felt like Destiny's biggest problem is that it has sort of an identity crisis of what it's trying to be as a game. And oh my god, so many times it has. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it just makes it hard because then as a player, like I can identify myself as a particular type of player, but it's hard for me to know if like Destiny's really built for me or like, you know, it's it's, it's hard to understand where like where the game is in relation to where I want it to go and if that's even like what where they're trying to take it. So, for example, Trials, I mean, is it designed for, like, the sweaty, like, tournament players who want it to be, like, you know, a, an incredibly difficult thing and it's really, like, you know, a proud accomplishment to reach the lighthouse? Or is it supposed to be something that everyone can reach the lighthouse if you put enough time? Or, like, like where where is it supposed to be? Because I, I can be okay with any of those. I just want to know what the intention is, and then I can align my decisions on like is that something that appeals to me as a player or not but i feel like you have one unheard message hi i was calling current the influencer marketing platform but i think i just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast well anyways i was calling current because i was told they could help get my brand set up on tiktok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. it's really nebulous right now. It's like, who is it actually designed for? Certainly the changes uh, this season have helped a lot. And we see that reflected in the player numbers where you know, it's more popular than it's been in a long, long, long time. And I'm really happy about that. But then with the way they're tinkering with like the falls pool and all that, it's like, who are they trying to please with it? That's where I get confused about. Cause I mean, I, I it's, it's not a big deal for me. Cause like, usually I'm lucky. I have a lot of friends who are, some of the best players in destiny so um I, I, it's not really a, a big deal for me to go flawless just because i'm like you know i'm a decent player and i have friends who are uh, amazing players <laughs> so like i'm not worried about myself i'm more worried about the community at large like what like what is the formula that's going to keep the most players interested in trials and pvp for a long period of time and i can get on board with whatever that is but i just want them to have more clarity and may, i'd love to even just see some sort of a like a community post or like a you know twab update where they talk about the design goals of trials. Like what is it trying to be? Yeah. And I think you mentioned something really interesting, 
where destiny has an identity crisis. And I think that in, in ways you're right and you're wrong at the same time, because I think you're right with PvP. Absolutely. It very much has an identity crisis. With PvE, it seems like Bungie is starting to figure out their identity as a game and how it fits with their business model and how they're able to create content. Like, I think they're starting to settle in on that from a PvE perspective. But from a PvP side, that has been put on the back on the backside because of the fact that they have been so focused on PvE over whatever number of years that they've been developing the game more recently with Destiny 2 expansions. Yeah, I would agree with that. I still think on PV the PvE side even they have room for improvement there cuz like on one hand you have the hardcore MMO thing where you could make it super deep where you really have to optimize your build to have maximum performance whereas like I feel like right now I could go into Last Wish or some like end game activity in quotes and use essentially anything and be reasonably successful with it. But then there, when you get to like the master levels of the, the raid and like um, GM Nightfalls and all that stuff, then you have to optimize a little bit more to to have a chance. So, uh, which I think is a good thing. Like I, I personally welcome a more challenging PVE experience where you really have to double down on having the right gear setups and you know understanding rotations and all that because like outside of fps games i really do enjoy mmos and rpg games like i think they're really awesome but it seems like it's been a a while before bungie kind of started to go that direction like with destiny 2's launch it was very casual and so it's kind of interesting seeing them figure out where they want to take it and i agree they're it seems like they're settling in on getting closer to some sort of like a defined game of what they're trying to go for yeah, no, I think I think you're totally right. And um, I think that they are definitely getting closer to realizing the potential that the game has and the uh, talent that they have across the many teams that work at Bungie, whether it be the, you know, the music team, the art team, the uh, the writing team, you know, they, they have a lot of really talented developers and artists and individuals who help make destiny as good as it is and i think we just need a little bit more and just definitely more love in the crucible yeah so patty cakes what's next for you in your journey well i mean for me, it's really continuing what I'm doing for the most part, just uh, continuing to make the best content I can. Uh, I'm always trying to evolve my content. I think my next phase of it is trying to appeal a little bit to a wider audience. Like, I think I'll be maybe covering more general Destiny things that are, like, interesting to people who just play PvE, for example, because, like, that's been some, like, a part of my audience I haven't really touched too much because my focus has been mostly PvP, but... I'll try branching out a little bit there and just see how it goes. Um, and then I'm also really excited about Battlefield. Like, that's my other huge passion. So see where that takes me. That's, of awesome. course, on a separate channel. Very cool. Well, we'll definitely have to keep an eye out for that. And we have a few more things to talk about tonight on the show. We have news about the Destiny Content Vault that will be... Getting an update this coming February. We're going to talk about that next. 
And then after that, we have a Bungie weekly update. But before we dive into the TWAB, I want to touch on the DCV and the update that was first announced earlier today, actually, by the Destiny developer team. And they went on to state the following. Last summer, we introduced the Destiny Content Vault as part of our commitment to the future of Destiny 2. The DCV was created to help us achieve our vision for the game throughout our trio of upcoming expansions and beyond. By cycling select content into the DCV, the team has been able to focus on bringing you new activities and adventures at an incredible pace. With weekly updates that introduce new gameplay wrinkles, new activities to enjoy, and that push the Destiny narrative forward. The impact of the DCV can be seen throughout the Destiny 2 universe. From very popular new activities such as battlegrounds that have persisted throughout year 4, to innovations that have made the routine experiences of Destiny better for every player. For example, the DCV has provided a great deal of technical breathing room that the team has devoted to important improvements to the Destiny experience. Upgrades such as drastically reducing our patch response times, improving, improving loading times, offering quicker access to UI such as your inventory or the map, and other link directly to the opportunity that the DCV created for them. Today, we want to give you an update on our content strategy for the near future of Destiny 2 as we pave our way for the arrival of the Witch Queen expansion. Now, that's how this article started. And I want to get your initial impressions on this. What do you all think about the DCV and how this system is currently set up and, and the things that it's bringing about in the game? They have to do it. It's because they're still dragging those corpses of the old consoles behind them. Um, you know, PS4, Xbox One. Those things are dinosaurs now, man. They came out in like 2013 and everything. Like, and I'm talking, I'm not talking about the Pro and the 1X models, but they still pretty much get the same version of that Destiny. But their memory, uh, you know, their memory is not, you know, very good. They, like, that's what happens is they, they get pushed up against the wall of the memory, like, you know, uh, you know, capacity of those systems. And that's kind of like why they had to do this in the beginning. Um, you know, because uh, the, the game can't grow in, you know, infinite test, you know, infinitely. They have to find a way to, you know, kind of, you know, trim a little of the fat off and everything. Um, you know, and that this is what they came up with. And I, and I told you about, I, I called this, what did I, what about two episodes ago, right? When we had Paul Tassi on, I'm like, so do you think they're going to be vaulting something here pretty soon for, uh, you know, and I believe I, you know, said it just like that. What do you guys think? Do you think guys, do you think they're going to be vaulting? And I pretty much thought that this was going to happen. So it's no surprise to me. Um, we've kind of accepted this being, you know, Destiny players that to build a ever evolving world, you know, things have to change you know like there will always be cons things that will it won't always be the same 
like going forward. And I think we kind of, you know, and that, that will seem trivial to a lot of people. It's like, man, I paid for that content. You know, I paid for that back in 2018 and now they're going to take it away. Like what the hell? So I do see that side of it, but just like Remy said, DCV is definitely a necessary evil. It's just, you know, the, the game can't continue to grow infinitely. And, you know, they proved they couldn't do it. Like they had to, you know, vault a lot of that content from year one. And now they're finding that they have to vault more content, you know, in the year two of Destiny 2. So. Makes me wonder what the limitations. I agree with you. I think it's probably mostly a technical limitation. It makes me wonder because, like, for example, Warzone with um, Call of Duty. I don't know if you guys play that, but the install size is enormous. It is, is it like so almost crazy. 200 gigabytes. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, like, it's crazy. like how I don't know how that works on uh, like. That's like and, uh, Xbox, a third of your hard drive. Like, yeah, I literally um, have like an entire hard drive that's or SSD that's essentially just Warzone. <laughs> I don't even play it really, but yeah. But it, yeah, so it makes me wonder though about the install size of like Destiny with all these different things that they're adding to it versus like a game like that. And if you know, like I, I would love to know from a developer just like the technical limitations, like what actually causes that, or if it's more of a design decision, so they want to like take that kind of content and rework it, you know, maybe bring it back in the future. I don't know. I'm kind of curious about that. It's the different assets that they build and things like that. Like 4k assets can be, you know, a lot more, take up a lot so, more memory. So I have a thought like about this and this is going to be probably an unpopular uh, opinion, but I think that any piece of content that I pay for that you charge me money for shouldn't just take away because you have a technical limitation and you need to work around it because once you charge me money for something you shouldn't just take it away then it's a subscription and then destiny needs to become a subscription model right because right now what they're doing is they're charging you for one thing and then a year or two or three later they change it and it's no longer like what you pay it's not even there right there's something to be said about me having destiny one and the game that it was me being able to play through the entire story right but i, I can't do that i can't play through the red war campaign any longer because of how the game is now designed to be an ever-evolving world and in that case charge me ten dollars a month stop charging me $50, $60 for an expansion or $30 or $40, whatever it may be, and then taking it away two years later. Because this is the direction that the game is going. And like, I actually enjoy playing through the old campaigns. I mean, so, would you expect more for I, like $10 a month would end up being a lot more money per year, right? Then, like, well, whatever, whatever it is, but so would you expect then, a lot more from them then? Because that's like three times the investment. Um, Sure. I mean, if they're making more money, then that also means that they're able to invest more into the game and, and hire more teams to build out content on a better pace, right? I, I think that there is a balance with this, right? But the way that the game is sold, and maybe maybe $10 a month isn't, you know, it's not like a number that I specifically researched, but I'm just giving you an example. I'm just, you know, throwing out a number. 
but whatever number that makes sense, it should be a subscription at this point based on the model that the game is taking on right now. So you're thinking like a free-to-play model that also transforms into a subscription for like certain things? I mean, that's what they're kind of doing now, if you think about it. They they kind of have like this free-to-play PvP model, but you can also purchase the expansions. But I'm saying rather than having me purchase the expansions where I'm I'm buying the campaign, that's essentially what I'm paying for. I'm paying for the campaign. But... Even if I choose not to play that game for two or three years, that's my choice. Like, think about the player who maybe isn't as involved in Destiny as you and I are. And they bought this game. They really just, they have too many games. They haven't had a chance to play it for two years. After two years, that campaign is no longer there. Like, think, think about that. Like, it does not work. I think as a model if you're going to have dcv and charge me for the content itself because then you're taking the content away you're taking away something that i paid for whereas a subscription model i'm expecting things to change on a consistent basis just a thought yeah i mean i've i've always been open to paying a subscription for destiny because i you know i've played a lot of mmos that i do that and it doesn't personally bother me like i gaming is not only my biggest hobby it's also my career now but you know before that like just yeah if a game offers enough value to make sense for a subscription then i'm I'm cool with that for me personally like the old campaigns and stuff and this is coming from me who's mostly like a pvp focused player like i'm not gonna realistically go back and do the expansion campaigns over and over again like that's just not something that interests me that much so that doesn't hurt me so much but um if there's a subscription that made a lot more like you know constantly adding new content that was worth playing i'd be pretty much open to that so here's what bungie went on to state um furthermore about this new change that's coming in February. Looking ahead and looking behind. Following the release of our 30th anniversary celebration in December, Year 5 of Destiny 2 launches on February 22nd, 2022, with the release of the Witch Queen expansion and the season of Redacted. The first of four seasons that will come your way beginning in, in 2022. In addition to all that brand new content that we're bringing a carefully curated selection of content out of the DCV, including a classic raid, two PvP maps from Destiny 2, and one classic PvP map from the original Destiny. We're excited to share more details on all of this in the months ahead. Vaulting in Year 5 Beginning on February 22nd, the Forsaken Campaign and the Tangled Shore destinations will enter the DCV. Note the Dreaming City destination will continue to be available, along with Year 4 seasonal content, including the Presage and Harbinger exotic missions. We understand the unique value of these definitively Destiny experiences, and are investigating ways to reprise and create new, exciting, exotic, special missions within Destiny 2 in the future. Vaulting this content will allow us the space to launch the Witch Queen expansion 
and its new Throne World destination, Ooh. as well as new features like weapon crafting and new legendary difficulty campaign option and new glaive, glaive weapon archetypes, plus the new additional content that we have planned for four new seasons to come starting in February. While most of the year four seasonal content will be vaulted, certain year four content will persist in year five, including the Proving Grounds strike and the Battlegrounds activities. Beginning in February, the existing Battlegrounds will be combined with strikes into a new Vanguard Operations playlist that will be free for all players. In addition, the Warden of Nothing strike will remain in the game and will be available to all players for free. Lastly, all of the Spider's currency exchange functionality will be taken over by Master Rahul in the tower when the Tangled Shore is moved back into the DCV. So there we have it. That part, just so that we don't have to go all the way to the reef, just to trade yeah. in materials. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy about that too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Save yeah. me like 15 minutes. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. You, it's, uh, it's interesting because uh, I think that on the one hand, I'm sad to see Forsaken go because that was one of my favorite campaigns in Destiny 2. Um, but at the same time, I'm excited to see what they bring. Um, I overall am not a fan of the idea of them selling you content and then putting it in the vault and not allowing you access to it. Uh, you know, and then like... But also, when they bring back this content, if it still remains free... That's kind of okay, right? As long as they don't try to charge you again for that same content that they've reprised back. So, kind of my thoughts on that. But what do you what do you both think? We have the Witch Queen expansion bringing lots of changes. I mean, I'm curious. Um, like, when's the last time that you've played the Forsaken campaign? That's something I haven't done for a long time. Is that something that you've played recently? Mm-hmm. Um, and not recently, but I've been wanting to. I've been wanting to go back and play it. Um, I don't even know. Like, I, do you have to make delete a character and make a like? How do you, how do you even go about making playing it again? I'm not even sure. Is there like a way that you can launch it from uh, well, like the directory or something? If you remember how how they how they structured the campaign, um, there are essentially like different missions on the map that you do. Right. Right. So you can launch them from the director. Okay. So you like kind of just pick it as you go. That makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. I was just curious because I like this is coming from someone who doesn't really. No, play that no, that was that was one. Destiny One. No, no, you you have to. I I think what you can do there is a there's a kiosk in the tower that you can find old like missions and things like that in. You yeah, might the be collections. able to. You might be able to do it through there. Otherwise, yeah, if you did it on all three characters, you may have to, like, uh, delete a guardian. <laughs> yeah, like, to me, that would not be worth it. I would, pers- like, I'm th- thinking of redoing all of the stuff from Beyond Light, like, getting all the stasis stuff again. Like, I would <laughs> that would be a, a big ask for me. But uh, that's interesting. Definitely. And they did mention a few other things that 
uh, are coming with the DCV changes that will be taking place in February. The Forsaken campaign will be available for free for all players from December 7th, 2021 until it enters the DCV in February. If you or your friends have not had a chance to live Forsaken's epic narrative and experience the origins of Aldrin Sav before he became the Crow, this is your chance. Uh, and then lastly, they have the Forsaken pack that will be launching and they state the following about that. Beginning on December 7th, the Forsaken pack will be available for purchase and will include access to the Last Wish Raid and the Shattered Throne Dungeon, as well as access to all of the Forsaken exotics. The Forsaken pack will also include three Forsaken ciphers that can be used to instantly unlock your choice of Forsaken exotics, not including raid and dungeon exotics via the exotic kiosk in the tower. Everybody who previously purchased Forsaken will automatically own the new Forsaken pack and will receive the three Forsaken ciphers directly in their inventory. If you already have every Forsaken exotic weapon, those ciphers will be converted to Ascendant Shards. So... Lots of news there. This is essentially... Um, I mean, it's cool that they're making the campaign available for free. Uh, but again, it creates a challenge. Because, like, if they knew that they were going to be doing this... Like, what if I bought Forsaken last week? Well, I guess it's not it's not coming until December, right? So it's still not available. So I guess, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. What do you think about the Forsaken pack? Do you like that idea of how they're structuring the content once they take stuff out? I mean, how much are they going to do that sell that for? Like 10 bucks? Like, that probably going to be like... I'm, I'm thinking like, so. I mean like ten bucks, like how much a season would be normally, mm -hmm. you know, like to get all those exotics that you know, for people who didn't, you know, play through the campaign, and things like that. Seems reasonable. I feel yeah. like it's it's one of those things for me. Like again, I the likelihood of me going back and playing that stuff is pretty low, just because I just. You know, it's not something Same. that appeals to me. I, I loved it when I played it. Forsaken was my yeah. favorite thing they've ever done. But it's like, I'm not the type of person who's going to go back and play that story another time. I've already done it three times for once for each character. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of over it. Like at this point, I, un, unlikely yeah, for me to go back if and I want, If I want to like relive it, I'll just watch on YouTube the cutscenes or something. Again. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, so. like yeah, I, I don't know if I will want to go do that again myself. Um, it's just, you know, it, especially that it's going away and things like that. Maybe uh, Cornholio will talk me into doing it one night, you know, or whatever, and we'll just run through it, you know, before it does go away and everything. But for the most part, like I, I'm also in the same place, you know, I, I want the game to move forward, you know, like I, I want new stuff, um, you know, and. I do like when their old raids return, though, too. So I will welcome King's Fall and Wrath of the Machine when it comes back or anything else they decide to take. 
out from destiny one and put into destiny two because mm-hmm. um, because that stuff is you know i feel like that's the stuff that makes destiny in a way like you know it's just the the things that you play on repeat you don't play the campaign on repeat you play the other activities on repeat. exactly yep i agree you know? with that so yeah these are the changes that are being uh brought into destiny 2 in february lots of lots of things to digest and to uh dive into and i'm i'm curious with this much content being taken out how much are they putting in because if they take out the same amount they're bringing into the game i have no problem but Historically, Bungie has been known to take a lot out and put a little bit in. And that's kind of what I'm afraid of with February, because that's just one expansion, right? Then they're going to have a whole year of content to add. So I think there's going to be a period of time where the game feels a little bit bare. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the big question, right? Is like, what what all are they adding with Witch Queen and um, every new thing they're they're doing? Are they adding enough to offset what they're taking out? I would say Beyond Light probably wasn't up, you know, like with all the things that were removed. But um, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm optimistic for uh, Witch Queen. I think it'll be good. Well, we'll have to wait and see there. Mm-hmm. And we do have some more things that Bungie uh, gave us with news about the future of destiny 2 we have a new bungie weekly update that dmg took the lead on this week and shadow price do you want to dive into what we learned this week from dmg sure uh so he goes on to say that uh the preparations for festival loss have begun uh so they go on to state that he says, welcome back to another weekly installment of the TWAB. And there's been a lot going on, hasn't there? Uh, we've had, we've got a tea time with Sabathun, uh, Trails to the Trek in the Shattered Realm, Astros to align the Astro Alignment, Frickerel and his horde of mini Screebs also kicked off our seasonal offering of Grandmaster Nightfalls with the Hollow Lair. And maybe you're simply looking for some sweet loot, decoding umbral engrams for the perfect double-double perk roll on Stasis Fractifist Shotgun. And if you took a couple weeks off, there's no better time to catch up. So outside of gameplay, they've also provided an update on their plans for the Destiny Countdown Vault, and we just talked about that. Um, so we don't really need to go over it. Um, but uh, if you guys have any other thoughts to add to it, you know, feel free to chime in at any point. Uh, so go ahead and head over to the Destiny Content Vault update for the full write-up. So they go on to say that looking back to the season of loss, we have some content on the horizon. Uh, next week, there will be some challenge to embrace within the Shattered Realm. It may be dangerous to go alone, so you might want to call up a friend for some assistance. And then Festival of Lost is also making its debut. While they don't have a full review just yet, they do have an awesome Ghost Shell preview below, accompanied with an interview with an artist. So let's get to it. So the Festival of Lost introducing the Calvera, Calvera Ghost Shell. Uh, next week, the Festival of Lost kicks off. It's time for Guardians to take a moment and reflect upon the past year, celebrating those we've lost as we continue to overcome each challenge that's been thrown our way. Many of the themes found within Festival of Lost can be compared with those of a holiday celebrated by many in our community. Dio de los Muertos, Day of the Dead. 
Diversity and representation is not only important in the world of Destiny 2 throughout our life community, our real life community, and so we're excited to introduce the Calvera Ghost Shell, concepted by incredible artist Bungie had the honor of collaborating with, Luis Yepes. So they say, let's take a moment to meet the mind behind the beautiful creation, shall we? Uh, so they go on to ask uh, Luis to tell them about themselves and his background. And he says uh, he was born in Mexico City and he spent many of his teenage years in Cancun before moving to the U.S. to learn 3D art and to, to be making games, hopefully to get to make games. And he studied at the Art Institute of Phoenix before he got his first game job in Seattle. And that he's been a gamer his whole life and wanted to do something creative growing up. So he figured making games could be his thing. And that he's been doing it for the last 16 years. He also loves movies, most specifically sci-fi and horror movies. And prefers rainy, cozy afternoons with movies, family, and games at the disposal as his go-to activities. So next question is, how long has he been a Destiny player? And he says, I don't remember, but I know I started playing during the alpha build of Destiny 1 on Xbox 360. So definitely a while. And then back in the original Destiny 1 days, he would run a clan on both Xbox One and PlayStation 4 simultaneously. Friday and Saturday nights were raid nights, and he had scheduled them to help the crew on Xbox and then jump into onto PS4 to do it again with another group. And then he said, needless to say, someone couldn't, wouldn't down Crota in the third try, schedules got off track. Not to mention a slightly off jump in Oryx's chamber. And how oh, how fun those days were. He said he spent many hours playing that when Destiny 2 launched, all his legendary achievements were shown to him. It was a more powerful moment acknowledging that it had happened until the point with his crew. He continues to be active with Season of the Splicer being his most absent time from the game since he became a new parent. He still has some original Queen's gear from early D1, which he won't trash for sentimental value, no matter how much vault space he may need. And for all of you old timers, let me assure you, I was one of those who never got Galhorn to drop until a week before Xur sold it. So to all guardians who suffered the same fate, you're not alone. Does that age me in the community? I hope, I sure hope it does. And the next question is, we see that you are also a game artist. What type of art do you do? He goes on to say, I used to be a full-time artist. Over the last seven years, he switched over into doing more design work. And he does a lot of layout, pacing, and open world map designs where he got to use a lot of the skills and knowledge from being an artist with a very different focus. On the side, I started working on what I call my Trixel series, a Day of the Dead inspired style where I model stylized animals and paint them similar to El, El, El Breeze. I, it's hard to pronounce that. I butchered that, but I wanted to merge this background and Mexican roots with the my present and a, what I do for a living since they seem to be, since they seem so opposite of each other. And because that's ultimately who he's been shaped, that's ultimately who I've been shaped to be now. He gives a lot of details and designs to the animals and hides some stories inside of them. Like his corgi has squirrels, tennis balls, paw prints, etc. It's all related to the animal he's making. The one common thread is a lot of color and skulls. Those are common themes in his designs. And you can check him out on his Instagram at Trixel's Art. So the next question is, how did the idea of crafting the Dia de los Motos ghost shell for Festival Lost come about? He said it was very casual. He was approached by people at Bungie who were familiar with the Trixel series and was asked if he would be interested in coming to the Festival Lost with some of his design work. 
Indeed, I don't think I hesitated at all. Of course I'd want to. From there, it was a sim super simple and smooth. Just drawing some ideas, calling out how the designs would be in different looks and going back and forth with the team on what work the best with the theme and constraints of the game. Finally, they arrived at the design you see and you'll be able to get in the game real soon. Uh, it goes on to say, trying to come up with the shapes, colors, and designs so it would read on well on the body of the ghosts, even at distance, was a lot of fun and challenging at the same time. The collaboration with everyone involved in the process was super smooth, friendly, and you could tell they all care about Destiny just as much as we players do. He's super honored to be a longtime player that has now contributed in a unique way to the world of Destiny, to the fight against the darkness. Uh, so he goes on to, they go on to ask him, thank you for adding to the voice to the world. What are you looking forward to most in the Witch Queen? He says, I'm really looking forward to revealing the truth and finally taking the fight to the Witch Queen's doorstep. No more hiding this time. Light will prevail and shine through. It's going to be super interesting to see how the two light sources battle it out if all us guardians will prevail. And I was almost certain we will almost. I am also looking forward to the surprises Bungie has in store that we don't even know about, as is usual in every season. Can't wait to gear up and fight the darkness alongside you. If you want to team up, you can find him at Ulysses on Xbox, Upiz on Steam. And for more awesome works from Luis, be sure to visit his page over at LuisDevis.com. The Calvera Ghost Shell will become available when Festival Loss begins at 10 a.m. Pacific on October 12th. Players may acquire this directly for silver or acquire it with bright dust when it's spotlighted during the event. Check back on Tuesday for an awesome trailer before the event goes live. That's a pretty cool ghost shell, too. I don't know if you guys see it. Like... The design yeah, it's cool. is I like, I like it. It's a, it has a very embroidered like looking design. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I think it's cool. It's a cool design. Now, what's yeah. the event this year with uh, Festival of the Lost? I know they're doing something different. They're doing dinosaur costumes. <laughs> that's right. right. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. Yeah. Did, wait, that's did you guys cool. vote di dinosaur or monster? I think I voted dinosaur. I think. Yeah. Oh, good. We I, can I, still I be want, friends. <laughs> yeah i want a dinosaur just because dinosaurs are cool and uh you know it's, it's something we haven't had yet so yeah me too i'm excited yeah uh so uh you know uh let's uh keep pressing forward uh next segment is a what's in the patch notes alongside festival loss will be deploying destiny 2 update 3.3.1 and they have a collection of bug fixes and some quality of life items to deploy and here's a quick preview of the goods. So Grandmaster Nightfalls, they've increased the drop chance for an adept nightfall weapon from a platinum Grandmaster to nightfall to 100%. That's nice. I like that change. While this will not guarantee perfect perk combinations on every drop, players may now expect to receive an adept reward when overcoming the challenge of Grandmasters, even on the hardest of the weeks. I think that's a really great change to 100% drop rate when you get platinum. I like that. You should be rewarded for your achievements. Uh, the Corrupted. Reduce the knockback buff from Sadia's Durance activity modifier on Nightfall difficulty from plus 40% knockback to plus 20% knockback, which may help a few of you complete the Grandmaster difficulty. They removed an unstoppable Phalanx champion from the Ransack Ogre encounter. During the Ransack Ogre encounter, an unstoppable Phalanx champion would spawn in the Ascendant Plane when the Ogre boss reached 50% health. That champion was easy to miss, and you couldn't backtrack here to defeat it once you killed the ogre. 
after this champion ruined hundreds of platinum completion attempts, we snapped it out of existence. It's gone, dust, destroyed. We'll never see the light of day again. That's what it deserves. <laughs> Fix an issue that blocked completion of the corrupted nightfall score and triumph. I do appreciate that humor. Crossplay UI. Updated the sign-on experience to show a single toast after character select if you have one or more pending Bungie friend requests instead of unique toasts for every pending request. The experience when receiving a new Bungie friend request while playing the game has not changed. There's a known issue. The notification toast may appear blank for some players, but no invites are affected. This issue is already being investigated. Player search UI has now audio feedback. It fixed a bug where the text chat audio hide setting could revert to season 15 default value of off under various conditions. It fixed a bug where Buton, a fire team member, sometimes left a blank entry in the roster on, or fire team UI. It fixed a bug where online roster contacts were not sorted alphabetically for friends and clan mates. It fixed a bug where blocking a player through a fire team invite did not hide the interaction options that are expected to fail when interacting with a blocked player. The full list of patch notes are expected to become available on Tuesday around 10 a.m. Pacific time. Stay tuned. Uh, the next segment is uh, more patch notes. <laughs> so with the release of every update or hotfix, Destiny Player Support has the play-by-play -play to keep you informed of what's happening and when. This week, I have a full details on patch prep, downloads, and deployments. This is the report. So update 3.3.1. On Tuesday, October 12th, Destiny 2 is scheduled to undergo maintenance in preparation for Destiny 2 update 3.3.1. Below is a timeline of events. Please note that times may be subject to change during this maintenance period. Uh, so 9 a.m. maintenance begins, 9.45 players removed from activities. Uh, you guys know the drill. 10 a.m. Uh, update 3.3.1 will be available, and then 11 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Destiny 2 maintenance is expected to include. Below are some issues that are expected to be resolved. A complete list will be shared with the update goes live. Uh, here are some of the uh, issues that they're talking about uh, to be resolved. Horror's Lease will no longer drop from the Corrupted Nightfall at zero power. The Bombardier's Exotic Hunter's Leg Bomb Detonations now deal damage to active supers. Crashes will no longer be caused by opening the appearance customization screen with faction armor equipped. The Tether Time Nightfall Triumph can now be earned as intended. The Corrupted Nightfall Triumph for reaching a score of 100,000 is now rewarded as intended. The Wayfinder's Compass Inventory will now rotate with the daily reset. For more information, players should visit the Destiny Server and Update Status Help article. And there's a bunch of other known issues, too. I'm not going to read them all. Uh, you guys uh, can just go on to Bungie.net and read them for yourself. Uh, so we come to the movie of the weeks now. First one up is The Lost Queen. It's, uh, I really do like the queen, Marasov. She's one of my favorite characters, so I'll have to check that out later. Um, and we have another one called Maximum Carnage. And a third one called Craft the Truth. Looks like a Minecraft um, edition of Destiny 2. Uh, looks like a trailer for the Witch Queen in Minecraft. So congratulations to the winners. And also under our Movies of the Week, we got the Artists of the Week. And feel free to look at them at your leisure. There's some pretty cool ones on here. Very, very cool art designs so congratulations for being featured again and uh dmg closes out with uh week is almost over is it friday yet well shoot 
no, well, shoot, guess I have to wait a little longer to play Trials. The revamp has been going well, and it's awesome to see renewed excitement around the mode. Looks like tomorrow will feature Redacted as the flawless reward. I got a nice roll last time it was featured, but I really like to get Redacted and Redacted on it. I hope you're ready to play on Redacted. It has a few different range profiles to toy with, depending on which lane you go for first. Just be sure to play them as a team. Flank when you can, but be ready to rotate if needed. While my descriptors are too vague, a Destiny Pro would be able to guess which map I'm talking about easily. All jokes aside, which map do you think will feature? Add us on Twitter. People who guess right, it right might get a nice virtual pat on the virtual back. Good luck out there, and may your loot be plentiful. So that is the Bungie Weekly Update, or the TWAB, as you know it. All right. Well, that was a pretty informative update. We do have a tradition on the show where we rate the Bungie Weekly Update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between one and five. And Patty Cakes, as our guest tonight, do you want to kick things off? How would you rate this week's Bungie <laughs> Weekly Update? I don't know. I feel like, I mean, it's very controversial, right? Because it has a lot of things that are getting taken away. Um, nothing for me personally that's too exciting, I guess. Like, I, I get a lot more hyped up about the ones where there's, like, PvP-related changes. But, um, I don't know. I'll go, what, is this a scale of 1 to 5, you said? I'll go 2, spicy 2. <laughs> 2 spicy tuna rolls from yeah. our guest tonight. And Shadow Price, what would you give this week's Bungie Weekly Update? I mean, I had to read through all that. Um, there, it was it was nice that they uh, featured the uh, creator of that uh, special ghost that we're going to get in Festival of Loss. So I got to give points for that. Um, you know, but other than that, I, I can't go much higher. Uh, I Two and a half. Um, there's not much here. It, it's just saying that we're going to announce stuff for festival of loss but we're not ready to announce it yet so it's like okay well thank you <laughs> but uh and uh some more psas and things like that so yeah nothing nothing too spicy two and a half this dog will not get off of you, by the way calm down yeah. okay so i i'm gonna have to probably give it a two out of five spicy tuna rolls because i think that you know there wasn't really anything major here. I mean, they're they're taking stuff away. They're letting us know the bad news before the good news. You know, I mean, they are letting us know, preparing us for what's to come. Feels like. Um, I think that overall there wasn't anything major here. The interview that they did with the developer, I think that should have been filmed as a video. Like a Vidoc. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. I think they haven't really been doing those as much. And I feel like too many of the conversations where they're interviewing somebody, like people don't want to read it. People want to listen to that. People want to hear it. So while it's great having Shadow Price read all of the information, it would be great to hear it from the developer. So just FYI. So just for that. Two out of five spicy tuna rolls from Cornholio. So, Guardians, we have come to that time where we get to wrap things up for the evening. 
what an awesome evening. Thank you, Patty Cakes, for being our guest tonight on the podcast. It was so much fun to learn more about your journey and to talk about all things Destiny 2. So thank you so, so much for joining us on the show tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. And hey, before we let you go, where can the Guardians learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, uh, so my YouTube channel for Destiny is uh, Patty Cakes Gaming. Uh, you just look that up. And then uh, on Twitch, I'm just uh, Patty Cakes. And all the other socials are Patty Cakes GG, like good game. So that's pretty much where you can find me. <laughs> I think I'm pretty much on all of them these days. Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? You can follow me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and also here on the Destiny Show podcast every Thursday night. Awesome. And you can find the Destiny Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Amazon. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. We are on every major podcast platform where you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on the web at destinyshow.com. You can find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. You can find us right here on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv slash The Destiny Show. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Destiny Show podcast, and we'll see you all next week. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.